The NBA has an officiating problem, but don't let that overshadow an all-defensive team performance from Herb Jones, including multiple game-winning plays. Oh, it was also Zion Williamson's 100th game in the NBA. We got a lot to talk about in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go! You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Tuesday day after the Pelicans get a kind of much needed win, it felt like 105-101 over the Oklahoma City Thunder and... uh We got a lot to talk about from this one, from the refs being absolutely terrible, which we'll get into in the second segment, Zion Williamson's 100th career game and how good he looked in this one flirting with a triple-double, but it was really Herb Jones who was the hero for New Orleans with his defense on Shea Gilgis-Alexander. We're not going to let those refs, the zebras overshadow any of that. So of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about this team. No one else coming to you like this completely free. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And if you want to support the show, number one thing you can do, no money required, just comment down below on YouTube. I'll be active in the comments today. So if you want to say hi, I'll probably say hi back to you. If you got a question, put it in there. It could be used on a future show. So let's get into it. Herb Jones on Shea Gilgis-Alexander pretty much all game did an amazing job. The Locked on Thunder host, Ryland Stiles, give him a follow on Twitter, by the way. He's an awesome dude. Covers them tremendously. Said this was probably the best defense he's seen played on Shea all season long. That's a pretty ringing endorsement because Shea is a guy who can easily get you, is like a walking 30-point game, basically. And he had 30 points in this one, 31 on the night. But it took him 21 shots to do it. He was one of six from three. And the only reason he got there, which ties into the next segment, he was 16 of 18 from the free throw line. He took 18 free throws in this one, and he goes to the line a lot. He's one of the league leaders in free throws per game makes him and that boosts his scoring up tremendously but from the field he was not good seven of 21 and in one of the final two possessions of the game basically herb jones played amazing defense on him as he did all game and drew a charge and this by the way credit willie green a lot of people have been upset with willie green this season sometimes rightfully so but willie green at halftime talked to the team and said look stop swiping down on Shea Gilgis-Alexander. You know what he's going to do. He's going to put the ball down. He's going to barrel downhill, beat him to the spot, and take the charge. And in the second half, New Orleans did that. They really forced him into making bad decisions. Seven turnovers on the night for Shea, which with a high usage rate like that kind of makes sense. But Herb, Herb blanketed him all game long. And then on the ensuing possession after the charge, with the ball advanced, he... Inbounds the ball off the back of Alexei Pokusevsky because 
He's not paying attention, gets the ball back, gets fouled, goes to the line, ices the game with two game icing winning free throws, however you want to say it. He had two game winning plays, two game icing plays on back-to-back possessions, one on defense, one on offense. A masterful performance from him in this one. He finished with three blocks, four steals on the night. He also chipped in 12 points. We'd like to see his three-point shot fall a little bit more, but he was active off ball when he needed to. And this is also why you have to leave him in and can't take him out. I've seen some people say, maybe you need to start a guy like Trey Murphy over him. Not when the dude makes plays like this. Not when the dude makes plays like this. He was that good in this game, and you need that defensive presence that's capable of slowing down a guy like Shea. No one's been able to do that this season. The Thunder have been better than anyone predicted and expected from them but he did the best we've probably seen yet and it got the pelicans a much needed win in a game where they didn't have brandon ingram or cj mccollum where they couldn't get a break from the refs whatsoever and they only won by four points it's going to come down to individual effort like that and you really saw that from herb jones this is a guy who is an elite defender he finally got a better whistle than he has all season long. Also ties into the next segment. We're going to talk about the refs. We'll rant about the refs here a little bit too. But Herb Jones, great on this. You know, he's capable of this with those long arms, beating, you know, guys to the spot, getting that position, getting those charge calls, using the arms to poke the ball loose, wrapping people up, forcing jump balls, forcing turnovers, whatever it might be. He's capable of doing that. He's such a versatile defender. He takes on such tough assignments, no problem with it, and does expend a lot of energy on the defensive side of the ball. You still need to have him in the starting lineup. You just simply need a guy like that. He also can work better off ball. They probably need to design a couple of more sets for him to try and get him in a groove offensively, get him working off ball. He's also capable of grabbing a defensive rebounding and bringing the ball up at Alabama. He played point guard for them a good chunk of the time. It's a useful player. It's a good player. And when you play defense like that, you need to keep him out there, even if the offense isn't falling. There's enough offensive threats on this team that if he's your fifth best guy offensively, you're still in a really good spot. And so you saw why Herb Jones has the reputation that he has, not on Herb. Multiple plays. Some of the blocks he had on Shea Gilgis-Alexander, tremendous. And really that charge and then making the right smart play to inbound the ball off the back of a Thunder player to get the ball back, have to get fouled because they're scrambling, trying to figure out what's going on. Zion said he didn't even see it. All of a sudden he was trying to cut to get open and there was a whistle and he was like, "What? what's going on here? Just beautiful play all around from Herb Jones. Tremendous job by him. You know, blanketing a guy like Shea, who's trying to get downhill and use his body, right? And he's pushing off a lot of the time. He's not getting that called as an offensive foul. And Herb Jones figuring out how to counter that. It's like the basketball intelligence that he has is through the roof. You know, he studies the film of these guys to figure out how to counter their moves. Did Shea hit a number of those step backs that he's starting to develop? He started to develop a go-to shot. It's that behind-the-back gather into kind of a fadeaway over the defender in front of him. And you saw Herb play him so tight that he couldn't even do that. And with Herb's length, even a fadeaway is not really going to work against him. You saw a couple of shots where Shea had to really arc it up high, like incredibly high. And he missed because he had to alter his release to just try and simply get it over Herb, who was defending him. And it led to bricks and defensive rebounds for New Orleans and no points for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Herb Jones, freaking fantastic 
in this game. Like, really, he did such a good job. It's unbelievable. I wanted to lead with him. We're not going to let the refs overshadow one of the Pelicans players and how good he did in this game. But we are going to talk about the refs because the NBA has an officiating problem. And just let's break down how, I don't want to say unjust, let's break down the disparity and the inconsistencies that you can just see from watching the game coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans and what the Pelicans need to do about this. What they need to do about this. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Turo. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. And with Turo, you can book any car you want whenever you want it from a community of local hosts. So browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., U.K., Canada, and now Australia. Book a spacious SUV or a minivan for a family road trip. Get a classic or a luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. You want to arrive in style, right? Or you can even test out that new electric vehicle or any other car that you maybe have your eye on to see how it fits your everyday life. And many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. I even saw one where someone rented a DeLorean off of that which is awesome and something I really, really like to do being a big car guy. That's awesome. Go to Turo.com, rent and find whatever it is you might want from one of their hosts. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team no one else coming to you like this completely free. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter to the biggest moments in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we are talking about the Pelicans' 105-101 win over the Oklahoma City Thunder. A win that almost wasn't. A win that... Really, the Thunder never really got back into this game, but it was close for one reason. The referees. You already knew what I was going to say there. Pause for dramatic effect, but probably not that dramatic when it's kind of been telegraphed. The NBA, and I've said this for a number of years to the point that Locked On used this in like a pitch to advertisers at one point. They took the clip, the audio from it, and I say something like, the NBA has a refereeing problem or the NBA has an officiating problem. I forget what it is. And guess what? The NBA still has an officiating problem, a refereeing problem. It was on full display in this game. I've already done this show. I've already done this show. You can find it if you want. I'll try and put the link in the description down below of this YouTube episode that I've done a show breaking it down in terms of the numbers, the stats, showing why the NBA and the refs have no clue what to do with the New Orleans Pelicans. But we can lay it out with this. Zion Williamson took 18 shots in this game, 18 shots, 17 of them were in the paint, 17 of them were in the paint where bodies are all kind of mixed up, colliding, and he's always double teamed, he's fighting through four guys sometimes, there's arms everywhere that are hitting him, things like that, there's a lot of contact in the paint, he went to the line one time, and it only occurred with 44 seconds remaining in this game. Shea Gilgis Alexander, by comparison, went to the line 18 times. 18 times. He didn't take almost all of his shots in the paint. He took six from three. He took three from that mid-range 
outside of the paint area, and he took a lot from those long paint shots around the, you know, right below the free throw line. And he went to the line 18 times. That's as many shots as Zion Williamson took all game, and that's not indicative that they need to get Zion the ball more, and we'll get into his night, his 100th NBA game in the next segment, because a lot of his stat line, the numbers don't tell the story between uh, about how impactful he was in this one. But it's kind of ridiculous that Zion Williamson, who a couple of seasons ago got to the line almost 10 times per game, and even that number was low, only gets to the line one time when he's barreling through people in the paint. And there's arms that are hitting him. And then on the other end, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is getting those calls. It's absurd. It's wrong. I don't want the game to be over-officiated. Let these guys play for the most part. But if it's a foul on one guy, it's a foul on the other. And this is something the NBA does, and it's kind of unstated but accepted. In sense, an unwritten rule. Bigs are officiated differently than guards. Bigs are officiated differently than guards. You can have contact on a guard that won't get called, or you, you can't have contact against a guard that will, that will get called against a big. I, I don't know what I'm saying there. You get what I'm trying to say. Bigs have to deal with more contact to get called. Simple as that. Guards, you can kind of breathe on them and they might go to the line. A big man, no. So they look at Zion, who's bigger, who's stronger than Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and they officiate him differently. Despite the fact that he's not playing like a big man all the time, sometimes with the post-ups. And I can understand them not calling some of these fouls on post-ups. But when they use him from the three-point line, point Zion, right? He's not getting in. He's playing like a guard going downhill, surveying the court, trying to make a pass, but then still absorbing contact. They don't call it. At that point, he's playing like a guard, and you need to officiate him differently than you have been And despite the fact that, yeah, he's in the body of a big man. And that's a problem that the NBA has. 17 shots in the paint and only one of them was an and one. Only one shooting foul drawn on the and one in this entire game. Come on. Come on. You know that's not right. Now, the NBA has put in some points of emphasis to try and dissuade some of the calls and things like that. But against a big man who's playing like a guard, playing downhill like Shea is, I don't know what to tell you. This is maybe one of the biggest reasons to run point Zion a little bit more, to not post him up as much. Part of this is the paint is crowded because they're trying to deny Zion going to the rim. Because sometimes they play him with another center and that's going to keep a defender in the paint and add another body. And the sight lines are screwed up for the refs to see some of this. But at times, it's so obvious. At times, it is so obvious. On that charge call that Herb Jones took, one of the refs who was far away wanted to call it a blocking foul. Now, he deferred to the ref who was closer and they got the call correct. So they kind of followed protocol, but man, you saw that guy coming in to be like, that's a block and that's not a charge. You also had it where Zion tipped a ball in and he was called for offensive interference, goaltending and Willie green had to challenge it. It was a wrong call. It was obviously a wrong call. And I don't know how a guy 30 yards away, 30 feet away can necessarily see that. You saw two successful coaches challenges in this one. Does that happen all that often? Not really, and kind of tells you that these refs need more training and know what's going on. You saw Jonas Valanciunas in this one called for multiple travels, when that's something that he does with his pump fake and his foot doesn't actually leave the ground. 
They need to do their homework better than how they've been. The Pelicans need to make it a little bit more obvious too. Point Zion is going to lead to more fouls for him because the court is spaced better when that is the case. And they will be able to see him driving from the three-point line, getting slapped on the arm because there's no way you're stopping that freight train. Fewer post-ups, still do some of the post-ups, but more point Zion with CJ off ball, BI off ball too. And then when BI has the ball in his hands, yeah, post Zion up. That works or have him just cut. That works as well. But there's ways to do this to generate more foul calls and the heavy post-up offense when we know they're not going to call that at this point isn't working. Don't do that anymore. Well, sometimes, but you get what I'm trying to say here. Zion this year is going to the line 6.8 times. Two years ago when he was an all-star and getting all NBA votes, 8.7, and even that number was low. This should be higher, should be way higher, and there shouldn't be a game like this where he's not getting foul calls. This is the referees just not doing their job. Questionable calls both ways at times, but not officiating Zion the way he needs to. This is It's at the point where if Griff or Willie Green wanted to get fined and put on a little bit of a performance at a press conference, I wouldn't make fun of him. I've done that against Griff before because at that point, I didn't think it was really warranted or great, and that was after Zion broke his finger going for a rebound, not when it was, as Griff said, open season on him. And it's not open season on him right now. They're just doing this incorrectly. And that needs to change. So saying something, getting the fine to kind of really bubble it up to somebody, I don't know if that'll actually help. Probably worth doing, though, at, at, at this point here. I'll kick in 25 bucks on the fine if that ends up happening or something along those lines. Um, but something probably needs to be done about this, and the, the Pelicans should try and address it. We're at that point, and I promise I won't make fun of anyone if that, that actually happens here because I do agree that it's getting pretty bad. And I have a whole show on the numbers behind it, if you want to give that a listen, if you haven't already, let me know what you think about the refs in the comments down below. Be somewhat nice. Don't get yourself banned from YouTube doing it, but let me know what you think. Is it that bad? Do you think it's okay? Do you think there's a way for the Pelicans to do anything about it? Or are you just willing to chip in and help pay the fine as well? So coming up next, let's talk more about Zion. He was good in this, flirting with a triple-double, almost getting it, eight assists. That's a career high. What worked? What didn't? What do they need to change with them? And how can they make him even more efficient? Because there's definitely ways. Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans because Zion's stat line does not tell the whole story behind his impact in this game. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available so you get the right person, and it's less of a gamble. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. You leave that position open, it's hurting your business, it's hurting your bottom line, it's probably upsetting your customers, it's leading to nothing good. You want someone hired fast. And you need them to be good because you can't afford to then hire a new person soon after that. So simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedonmba. That's linkedin.com slash lockedonmba to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for you all like no one else is, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Tell a friend about the show. This team's fun. They're winning. Get them clued into what's going on with this Pell squad and comment down below on YouTube. The number one thing you can do to support the show. And now for your second listen, go check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories across all sports, and there's still a lot happening right now, including a big game uptown on Saturday. Roll wave. They're going to be covering it all over at Locked On Sports today. Across all sports, it's in like 30 minutes of biggest stories, whether it's the NFL, NBA, whatever it is, it might be. They are covering it. Available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Okay, Zion. We're going to go a little bit long in today's show here as we're already at the 20-minute mark. But Zion was just that good in this game. Big part of the reason they won. It was him and Herb Jones, the two biggest stories for New Orleans. 23 points, 8 assists eight rebounds, but he had a massive impact in this one. He was just flat out good. And if he had some foul calls, this is like a 40-point game for him, a 30-point game for him, and he probably gets that triple-double. He was that close. You see it. every His court gravity is unmatched in the NBA. Anytime, no matter where he is, he draws two guys. You really sought to end the quarter between him and Devontae Graham, where Devontae Graham comes over, sets a ball screen for Zion Williamson, pops over to the left side, Zion draws his defender and Devontae's defender, and then just kind of passes the ball right over to Devontae, takes one step inside the three-point line, two defenders on him, means someone's open, kicks it out to them, like an easy pass that any of us could have made. Devontae buries the open three. That's how simple this game can be when you do point Zion. It's a lot easier when people are setting screens for him and forcing the defense to make decisions. Post-up Zion works. It doesn't work as effectively as ball handler Zion. And we've seen that CJ McCollum works better off ball. So when you add him back into the mix, this is fine. Because the Pelicans struggle at times with some of their other guys to make three-pointers and to make off-ball shots. They were 9 of 32 from three in this game. That's not a very good number. CJ helps that. BI helps that too, obviously. But you need those guys to really be working off-ball and Zion creates space for them. They are getting tremendously open looks and just unable to bury them. Herb Jones, 1 of 5 from this one. Devontae Graham, 1 of 5. Trey Murphy, 2 of 7. Though his two makes are big and are long, and that's important too. But point Zion really really works, and it just makes this offense go. You saw at times this offense really become a slog. We saw it over the weekend as well in the loss to the Memphis Grizzlies. You need points Zion to really be the focal point to just create easy open shots, and those guys will start knocking them down when they get in rhythm and when you have your best players out there on the court and you're going to win games. In this one, which was a close game, right? It was a four-point game at the end. Zion was a plus 19. No one else was in double digits in terms of individual plus minus. Eight assists. His passing is great. His passing is great. His court vision is there. He has the maturity to make the right decisions in the basketball intelligence. After the game, upon reflecting on his 100th game in the NBA, he said, I think that one of the biggest things about me that's grown is my basketball IQ, my ability to read the game. He is fantastic when he's at the top of the three-point line. Someone sets a screen, he starts to go downhill, and he can just survey the entirety of the court. And guess what? When you can pass to your left, you can pass to your right, or you can pass straight ahead too to a cutting big man or Herb. You have three different areas to attack from. It makes it really tough for a defense to anticipate and defend what's coming. 
When you post Zion up and they post him up on the right side so that he can go to his left and score with his left hand, that's how they do it. You only have to defend one side of the court. There's nothing going on to the right side of the court there, the baseline side of the court when he's starting that drive. You only have to defend to the left and kind of the far side there. That's it. It becomes much easier to defend. Put him in space, let him do his thing and create space for others and it will work. He's a very good passer. Eight assists on the night is not an accident. This is a career high for him. And it elevates the team. It makes this team tougher to defend and avoids a lot of those times when this offense just looks bad. And it doesn't need to be difficult. There were times in this one where the Pelicans like devolved into sloppy play, which is kind of what OKC wanted to do in this. They want to play fast, loose, just kind of do their thing. The Pelicans need to be a little bit slower and more methodical. But that doesn't mean it needs to be difficult. It can be as simple as Zion has the ball in his hands, everyone take a second, then someone comes set a screen for him, and you're going to find a good shot at that point. Or Zion will score. And when Zion's driving downhill, he has more options. He can score with his left hand. He can pull up and use a little bit of a midi. We've seen him do that more often. He can sometimes score with his right or use a finger roll instead of having to go up and under the basket and different things like that. He has more options to score when he's coming from the three-point line. The post-ups need to be there. It keeps the defense honest. But he's at his best working downhill where he can survey the court like a QB in a sense, and then deliver the right pass to the right open shooter, who then maybe moves the ball even more and forces the defense to rotate. He's been really good at that this season. This was a game where they were going to have to do a lot of that, and they did, and it showed you why it's so successful. We want to see more of this. We want to see this with CJ and Brandon Ingram back. Hopefully they can find the right balance with it. And then you have Jose out there with him, who was good in this game too, to really facilitate the offense when the heat's on on Zion a little bit too much or they're denying him the ball. And that's a way to spring him and just make it work. So those two should be paired together pretty often, I think, you know, as much as you can, especially when guys are out. But Zion was great. Defensively good in this one too. He had a couple steals, a couple blocks, a couple of really good rotations. He's been good defensively this year. At worst, he's been decent, but I thought he was good in this game. Three blocks, working better off ball, has a couple of moments where he gets beat. That's okay, but he recovers well. That side of the ball, he's been good. He's been good this year, I think. Not bad like a lot of people are saying. Give me this type of point, Zion, with that kind of defense, you're going to win a lot of basketball games. Really great 100th game for him. Nice to see him get back on track like this. Now, let's just hope the NBA gets the memo and he starts getting some calls. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow.